Welcome to the three-part teaching series, Renewing Your Mind, featuring Kara Starnes. In this series, you'll learn about renewing your mind through scripture, combating fear, and the importance of our connection with God. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to part one of three of our new teaching series, Renewing Your Mind with Kara Starnes. I am very excited about this teaching series. Um, I was just so honored that Kara said yes. Um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of her book, which I'll be mentioning in a second. Um, but for those of you who are maybe tuning in for the first teaching series we've ever done, you know, obviously we updated the thumbnails and they look way cooler and you're like, whoa, what is this? Uh, so it really started in um, 2000 when we started the show in 2001. Uh, or no, definitely not 2001. That's way too far away. 2021. <laughs> um, and then, but we really started carrying them out in 2022 and the Lord really just started showing me a big influx of people. Um, and maybe not necessarily watching this show just yet, but, um, it, he just showed me a bunch of resources, like in a big list. Um, and I actually saw playlists, uh, in, in YouTube with a bunch of these different topics. And, uh, and so, um, he just said, just start doing them. And I was like, okay. And so, um, these really function as a resource. So it can be anything from what does it mean to walk in the spirit, deliverance, healing, um, all those kinds of things. And so, um, this, this one is no exception in terms of its importance. Um, like we talked about on Friday, 70% of Gen Z, which is the generation below me, I'm a millennial, um, 70% said that they have some kind of mental issue or that mental health is something they want to improve on. Anxiety being one of the big ones. Um, it, that's 70%, seven zero, you guys. That's a, that's an insane number. Um, and a lot of that can be a, a result of the advent of social media. It can be all kinds of different things. But we're going to be talking about renewing your mind today um, and for the next, um, this week and the next two weeks beyond. So three-part series, amazing. All right. So my guest today, um, I think she's great. I'm a big fan, big fan of her teaching style. Um, she is a really, really gifted teacher. She really excels at that. Uh, but she's also the founder of Safe Passage, which is an anti-human trafficking and prevention organization. Um, you can check out more of that. There's a link in the description. Um, and then she's also the, 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 author of the book defend yourself which is amazing you guys if if i could have written an endorsement for this i would so instead i just endorse it constantly whenever i'm talking to people and i recommend this this book to a lot of you guys i've read it myself um and it's one of the best books i've seen on the subject of uh overcoming strongholds in our lives and also just giving you the weapons that we have at our disposal in this bad boy right here um the Bible, for those of you who are listening to this and can't see what I just held up, the Bible. Um, but every single chapter is amazing because it's uh, it's called tactical training. You got drill in, drill out, and then drill down. And so it's really great because she goes through everything, you know, in, in a chapter and then she breaks down, you know, verses and then she asks really great questions, which I strongly recommend you write them down. You don't have to write them in the book, but maybe get a journal or something. Um, and then drill out can be, sometimes it's a prayer, sometimes it's something else. And then the drill down is scriptures pertaining to the subjects that she talked about. Um, it really just giving you these tools that are in the Bible. Um, and it's all scripturally based, which you guys know I love. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about renewing your mind. 
Uh, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore without my guest today. So let's give it up for my guest today, Kara Starn. Kara Starns, hello. Hey, what's up? Here she is. Um, Here we are. It's funny because random, just a random side comment. Now, whenever I see Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I think of you because the last time you were on the show, you made a point to say that it's like one of your defining attributes is that you love. Well, I love crunch. it. I carry it around literally in the box. You do? Yeah. So wow. That part. That's, That's hardcore. That's great. Well, I'm not judging. I am a big fan of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, heck yeah. But I don't. I, here's the thing, Kara. I am a big fan of what I call ratios. And yes, I actually refer to them as ratios, even if people don't know what I'm talking about. But I will explain. It's all of the seasonal ones. So it could be Christmas tree shaped. It could be heart shaped. It could be egg shaped. And the reason why I call them ratios. The is ratios. The chocolate yeah. to I peanut totally butter ratio is perfect yes so i don't eat them all the time i get like one a month like during their run which we're no oh, longer so in ratio good. season ratio season starts in october so if you guys know if i say it's ratio season now you know what i'm talking about so i'm a big fan yeah. i approve okay yeah. okay all right cool all right so kara um what is this series going to be about maybe you could talk a little bit more about it and then specifically what are we going to be talking about today i'm so excited to be back thank you for having me back oh yeah um this series we are going to be talking about severe mental torment anxiety and fear and this is for people who have lost hope that their minds can be renewed transformed and restored yeah, and so on. i've really been in my own process of the holy spirit and when i felt damaged beyond repair that's how I felt. My mental state was in so much chaos that I really felt like I was being pulled apart at the seams, like actually physically. And I actually felt physical pain in my head, mm -hmm. in my mind, in my neck, like feeling like I was being ripped apart. Yeah. And I'm talking like physical pain, like having insane migraines, really um, being caused by fear and anxiety. And I was so afraid, really, that I was going to be so physically overcome that I would end up in the ER or a psychiatric institution. Like, that's how it was overtaking me. Yeah. And yeah. this is like, I had some book warfare last year. Um, I had a little bit of book warfare, but I had a lot of things, my soul that I didn't realize there was still strongholds and trauma in there. And I wrote a book on the footholds. I wrote a book on the strongholds and these Funny things, how that works. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, and, and the thing is when you overcome something and then you give the devil the same foothold you gave him last time, you should be an expert at that. It gets really ugly. And I had some stuff. And I watched um, Krista Bullock's uh, series. I think it was like two days ago. Yeah. And she was so honest. I'm ready Real. to be honest today. Yeah, lay it, out, lay it all on the table. I mean, that was like, yeah. whoa. So, yes. yeah. And so I'm ready to just be honest, right? And Jeff, you're honest. You're honest about what you've gone through. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, before we went live, I was sharing with the, the production team and Jeff just what I've been walking through. And I've been walking through so much. My uh, worst downward spiral was not what I wrote in the book. 
it was what I went through as recent as December. Mm. And I was literally in so much torment in my, my soul. And Jeff knows my story. My trauma that I wrote in book number one was demonic. Jeff, the content I'm bringing to you today is book number two. It's unpublished and I'm bringing it to you. Fresh. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but book number one was really about demonic strongholds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of this right now. It's honey. It's all soul. Yeah. It sucks <laughs> to look in the mirror yeah, and does. know you're your own problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it was in December I was literally just trying to go to the grocery store and the, uh, uh, the upheaval in my mind was so, so bad uh, with the stress and the fear and the anxiety and the trauma. I would stand up and just trying to buy freaking chicken, you know, and feel like I'm falling off a cliff because of what's the chaos in my mind. Yeah. And really quick, I want to talk, I I just want to say something really quick. And I've said this before on the show uh, a couple of times, but what I've found, you know, because I talk to all my guests privately, whenever there's a really powerful um, episode, and it doesn't have to be like what people would deem as a powerful episode, but if there's a a really a big revelation that they were, a guest is coming and they're bringing and they're like, wow, this is really like, this is deep. This is really good. I have found... I would say eight to nine times out of 10 that that guest is actively walking through that, whatever <laughs> it is, or they had just walked through it. Yes. So Kara's not alone. You name it, whatever yeah. the guest is, that's like coming on a Sharon. They probably were when they gave that, that message or shared what was on their heart. They either were walking through it while they were doing the episode with me, or they had just walked through it. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very real and it happens and it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i just want to encourage people uh i was thinking today you know the superlatives you give in high school okay i would be given most improved and most improved is, is not like a major badge of honor it's literally taking from the person who was failing to the person who was transformed and in, in, into you know succeeding mm. and so most improved comes from rock bottom. And so I just want to encourage people, the stuff I'm talking about today comes from rock bottom, absolute rock bottom. And so when I'm talking about anxiety, I'm not talking about something I don't understand. I'm not talking about something I judge. And Jeff, maybe 10 years ago, before I had uh, trauma in my, I I have childhood trauma. Okay. My dad passed away when I was nine years old. Mm But I went through um, uh, trauma in my adult years. And that's when I really started walking through panic attacks and all this stuff. And before all that, I remember telling ministers, I don't believe in depression. I don't believe in anxiety. I, I, I'm i being real, Jeff. Here it comes. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. I told people, I think they're just weak. I told them that. And now I'm going through realizing when you walk through that, you have the strength of God to come out of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to challenge the lies of the devil and to challenge the battles he's throwing at you. Anyone who walks through it there, the devil's picking on them 
because he knows they have a calling okay and he knows they have a destiny in in christ right mm -hmm. and it's it should be no wonder i have to walk through all this now <laughs> but here's mm -hmm. the thing is is i when i'm really uh went through this okay and i'm walking i'm i would say i'm at like 90 percent now i still have a long ways to go but back last year i, was I mean that's a good day though like 90 oh. percent, like anybody i don't care who and, it is if you're getting... <laughs> and my yeah. where i was was a zero i remember there were a few nights i was in so much fear this this past winter I was in so much fear. I'm going to be talking about that today. I woke up several nights think gasping, thinking I was on fire. Thinking I was physically yeah, on fire. And I'm going to be talking about why it is that our imaginations and our thoughts and our emotions actually evolve into a battle that's no longer psychological, but it's physical and physiological in the brain, which then uh, impacts the body. So today is going to be it's going to be deep. <laughs> it's going to be raw. It's going to be intense. Yeah. I want to jump in, Love it. Uh, but I want to jump in because we want to challenge the lies of the enemy. OK, mm. we want to challenge the lies that we are broken beyond repair and we don't see the brain okay but the brain really can get hurt it really can get physically damaged and it has real physiological upsets and physical injuries i'm going to define that in a minute okay and these injuries can be very difficult to heal and why? Well, when an arm is broken, it, it self heals and you don't have to think about it. You, you don't have to think about your arm healing. It's going to heal. OK, but and just a fun fact, I think your teeth are the only part of the body that can't self repair. OK, so if we didn't. Hate Interesting. Half, now we I <laughs> so, didn't know that. But so um, when the body has an injury, OK, God built it in a way that it is going to self-repair over time. New cells reproduce, bones grow back. And I found out the brain also self-repairs, okay? But what is it repairing from? This is important for ministers and lay people to understand that mental illness is not all thoughts. At some point, mental illness actually evolves to become way more physical and physiological than it is psychological. Here's the definitions. So physical is the um, actual makeup and structure of a thing, right? Psychological, okay, is the mental and emotional state. Physiological is the function and mechanics, whether it's functioning properly or improperly. Okay. And so if a psychological battle is prolonged, the brain can become so beat up by the heaviness in your thoughts and emotions that it actually evolves into a physical and physiological battle. And that's really bad. <laughs> that's bad. Okay. Yeah. Because when you're dealing with wounds, like emotional wounds, okay. 
these thoughts and emotions can lead to internal dysfunction and can become damaging and debilitating to the point of an utter mental breakdown. Mm. And that's because your thoughts and emotions actually prompt neurological reactions. And so when you're going through anxiety and fear and worry, uh, your brain and nervous system, your brain actually floods your nervous system, okay, with stress hormones and chemicals, all right? And their job is really to help you respond to a threat, you know, and when that threat passes, your body, you know, stops producing those, you know, it all goes back to its normal state, all well, all good. But when you face these things, like chronically, the long-term exposure of these stress hormones and chemicals, it has the potential to alter the actual function of the person's brain. That's intense. And so once that happens, no, the battle is not only with thoughts alone. And so at this point, the battle has evolved. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's past the person's rational functioning where your system is actually, uh, physically, physiologically overridden, and you can't just cool down anymore. You need deep inner healing at a molecular level. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here to tell you neither battle is, um, easy to manage. Right. Right. But we don't want to let our thoughts um, take us captive and take us into a worse battle. Mm -hmm. uh, there's hope, whatever stage we're at, poster child, okay? But it's important to take thoughts captive yeah. while the battle is in the thought phase, because if we don't take them captive while they're in the thought phase, they're going to evolve into a much more difficult battle mm -hmm. with the actual health and function of the physical brain. Um, and if we can avoid that, we want to avoid that. Does that make yeah. sense? It absolutely does. So another way of looking at this, uh, you know, psychological and and then evolving into a physiological that right. Am I saying the terms correct? Like uh, kind of goes from psycho psychological and then if left unchecked or you start nurturing those like for better terms, start nurturing those negative thoughts or lies that are being told you, then it kind of morphs into a physiological thing. I kind of got the image of like, you know, it, if you know something is wrong with your car, like your wheel starts wobbling while you're on the freeway or something, yeah. and you're like, yeah, I should probably get that checked out. You're like, it'll be fine. Sometimes it stops if I go fast enough. I It'll be fine. But then say all of a sudden your wheel flies off when you're going 70 miles an hour on the freeway. You got a whole lot of other problems that are now happening because not only do you have to fix that problem on your car, if you you're, you have a lot of other problems now, right? Because you're going to bang into things. You're going to so you're going to have to get body work repaired. You're going to have to get all these things. Maybe that's a good way of also kind of looking at this and in like a very distilled down version where it's like, OK, yeah, we all wobbly wheel. Do we got wobbly wheels around here? OK, yeah. <laughs> go check that out got to deal with that because something else could happen worse if you don't. Right. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there was a day that I was really discouraged mm -hmm. and I was talking to the Holy spirit and I just knew that in my situation, it was getting severe. It was getting really scary actually. And I just said to God, I said, God, once your people are shattered in their minds, is that it? 
is there any hope for them? And he began to remind me how the body does self-repair. But he asked me a very strange question. And he said, what type of organ is the mind? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I thought about it for a minute and I said, um, it's a thinking one. And I began to consider that. No other part of the body needs your thoughts to partner with it in order to heal and repair. It doesn't matter what your thoughts say about a broken arm, okay? It's already reproducing new cells, mm-hmm. growing out bones, all that. You're, you can have positive thoughts, negative thoughts, and your arm is going to work through healing on its own. But the mind is a totally different organ because it's a thinking organ. And so in order for it to heal, your thoughts actually have to heal with it. And so these traumatic thoughts have to heal and negative thoughts have to be transformed. Okay. And so your mind is not going to heal from the physical uh, and physiological trauma and dysfunction if you keep re-traumatizing yourself psychologically. And I want to explain that so we're not just like blaming and shaming people. I want to explain that. And so this happens, um, this re-traumatizing ourselves, this this re-injuring ourselves. It happens when we recreate um, or when we create realities in our mind, realities through imaginations. And even though it's a false reality, the emotional functioning mind knows like you're just imagining a scenario, but your physical functioning mind actually has to live through it. And so think about like um, how many times you've like replayed a fear in your head or a bad scenario. And all of a sudden your stomach drops, you're angry, you're sad, you're sick to your stomach. Okay. Or you're driving through an intersection and like all you can imagine, you know, you're clenching up because you imagine someone hitting you head on at the light, right? Or your phone rings and you're you're just thinking it's bad news. And none of that's real. None of that happened. But now your body is upset. Okay. And that's what I mean about false realities is it's only a simulation in your mind. But even though it's only a simulation, those imaginations invoke real life experiences. Hmm to the function of your mind and body, okay? Your feelings prompt functions. And a code red in your mind is just a code red, okay? And think about like when you had a fire drill in high school and you, you in the fire drill, we all walked down the stairwell dragging our feet because we knew it was just pretend. All the sirens, all the bells going off and we dragged our feet downstairs knowing full well it was just pretend okay but when you're running pretend fire drills in your mind so that you can know how would i survive this if this happened to me how would i get through this if this situation happened to me your brain can't differentiate between a drill and real life if alarms go off in your brain your body is responding to it like it's real there's no drills in your body if your mind makes a simulation Your body believes it's real. And so hormones fly, adrenaline pumps, it's all real to the body. So we aren't putting our body through drills when we have anxiety. 
we're putting our body through fire. Mm. And I watched a, I was laughing my head off and I watched a, a TikTok and some guy had a virtual reality set on his head. And he, this dude, the virtual reality, what it was, was um, he was in New York City and he was on the top of a skyscraper. And the virtual reality was you're tiptoeing out on, I don't know, it's like some construction beam. Oh, I think I've seen this. (laughs) So (laughs) skyscraper, New York City, construction beam. And in the virtual reality, you're tiptoeing out on this beam, even though this person is standing on their living room floor. The dude is is dropped to his hands and knees. His nose is this far from the ground and he's shaking petrified because he's on his own living room floor. His friends are laughing and he is paralyzed, trying not to plummet to his imaginary death. And it, here's the thing. This was a simulation. But because his mind entered the game, his emotions fired off alarms throughout his entire body, and he's actually terrified. And I started laughing my head off. And you know what made me stop laughing is realizing I was doing that, except not fun and games, but in real life. Oof. Ouch. (laughs) And in real life, I was standing with my feet firmly planted. Mm -hmm but I was paralyzed through tormenting simulations in my head of uh, things that were fear, anxiety, failure, loss, and trauma. And when our thoughts and imaginations are steeped in those kinds of things, we self-inflict anguish, okay? Because our intellectual mind, it, 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 or the, the physiological, physical mind, it doesn't distinguish between imagined trauma and lived trauma, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is very, very important to know because when our mind is working to repair itself, okay, here's the thing, is our mind actually does that, is it's called neurogenesis. And new neurons are formed in the brain and, and neuroplasticity, it, it, it's basically our nervous system modifies itself, okay, uh, functionally and structurally. And what it's doing is it's modifying and adapting in response to experience and injury. And experience can actually injure you, okay? And so, so I wish they taught us this in high school. Because if we knew this early on, like in uh, people's lives would be saved, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the neural pathways in our brain actually shift throughout our life, uh, through, through our experiences and patterns, okay? And so our mind is constantly working to renew itself and repair itself. And so this is what I mean by the mind being a thinking organ. Even though it's designed to self-repair, it's the only part of your body that will not heal without the help of our thoughts. So if every day our mind is trying to put itself back to proper working order, but your thoughts keep going to the, the scene of the accident, they keep going to traumatic imaginations, they keep running you over again and again with pain and imaginations that are provoking fear and anxiety in you, your mind's not going to heal. 
Right. Because it's like taking a broken arm that's trying to heal. And it's like running over it again and again. Okay. It can't heal when you keep running over it. Mm-hmm. And so you can be totally safe in reality, but your imaginations, when we don't take them captive, when we don't think on the things that are pure and good and holy and righteous, okay, our imaginations will actually place us in, in false realities that continue to inflict physical and phys- physiological damage to our mind. Mm-hmm. Taking uh- over. And I just want to stop there for a second. I, I want to, because you, you brought up a really interesting analogy, right? You're saying about your arm being broken and then running it, it'd be like running it over with a car. That's absurd, right? So like all of us would agree. There's not a single person, if you're trying to heal, would, who would disagree at the absurdity uh, of that. Yeah, that is not how you heal, right? Um. But when it comes to our thoughts, for some reason, yeah, what you're talking about and, and the solutions you're talking about, those to some people, I've had conversations with them, to some people, that's absurd. That's absurd to sit there and monitor what you're thinking because it's like, in some ways, it becomes like a drug, right? Of like, no, but like, I have to, I have to run through these hypotheticals. I have to even though they're what got me into my mess, I have to, mm-hmm. you know, um, for some people, that's the absurd thing is it, it, to the degree that, to the degree that we would all talk about running your arm over with a car, you know, when it's already broken in an attempt to heal it or what, Oh, this is going to help it. You know, um, that's absurd. But to, to other people, to that same degree, it's absurd to sit there and monitor your thoughts, you know, because they're so in their head, um, all the time. And they've just accepted that as part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Jeff, I know you like statistics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I pulled up these statistics. These okay. are from the National Science Foundation. Okay. And for people, you brought up a good point. It, it, to some, it's absurd to monitor your thoughts. But here's mm-hmm. why we need to do it. Is the, the neuroplasticity, the way your brain adapts and shifts according to your experiences, your thoughts create experiences, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, negative thoughts can actually create a negative damaging impact in your mind, therefore your body, therefore your life. So National Science Foundation says 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. I mean, yes, from personal experience. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I call thoughts, I call it the shoes of our mind. Because when you think about shoes, uh, they track dirt into the house. Mm-hmm. Thoughts are the shoes of your mind. And you have to monitor what they're tracking in because they can just walk around your mind, running in circles, walking in circles. Okay. And you can't just go in there and vacuum it up. Right. Mm-hmm. They actually cause a, a shift in neurological pathways and hormones and chemicals and your fight or flight and response system. Okay. And so when the Bible's talking about taking thoughts captive, 
talking about putting our thoughts on, on good and godly things, these are keys for our life of how to have a life in abundance and not a life of constant trauma and, and debilitation in our mind and soul. But when you look at the statistics that 80, 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% are repetitive, it that's telling us that our mind can be a very uh, ungodly place where it's not serving us. Yeah. Or in a way we're serving it. You know, it's like, it, it's like, I always use the analogy of pushing a boulder down a hill for a lot of different things when it comes to something that all it takes is, you know, if, if the boulder's sitting on the edge of an access point and you push it down, you don't have to keep pushing the thing, right? Gravity is going to take care of the rest. And it actually, depending on the size of the boulder and what's in the path of the boulder, it could cause a lot of destruction. And so even when it comes to like our thoughts with Satan, where all he has to do is you got to, he just has to agree, get you to agree with a lie one time, a couple of times, whatever it is. And then before you know it, that boulder has been tipped over that access point. And you could sit there and be like devil behind every bush. God's doing this or Satan's doing this now. Satan's doing, I'm like, actually, he was t- five years in the past. Like that, that was him. And the rest of this is you is because of your agreement with that lie. But now it's like when the boulders like smash in and doing all these things and you try to get in the way and you got pancaked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so for when, when, I, when I was walking through this, um, I started looking up every sermon on YouTube I could mm-hmm. possibly look up on fear and anxiety and the transformed mind and all that stuff. And I have to tell you, I was, it never hit the mark for me. Let's say, you know, really before my adulthood trauma, I wasn't an anxious person. Mm. I wasn't a fearful person. Okay. I went to Africa alone for a year at like age 22 and I was all about it. You know, I didn't have anxiety. I didn't worry about those things, but when I came into anxiety, the things people would say to me, the things ministers would say to me, it just fell flat. And I want to bring a few things today that maybe the anxious person has never heard before. And I want to bring kind of a new lens to Philippians 4, 6, because, okay, if, what is it? Is it, is it, the Nike slogan that's, you know, just do it. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Got that yeah, one. You got it. So if the Nike slogan is just do it, the Philippians 4, 6 slogan is just don't do it. Just don't be anxious. And when people would tell me, don't be anxious, I was like, gee, thanks. If I could stop, I would, you know, yeah. <laughs> it just fell flat for me. And, but I began to study this from my own place. And what I realized is anxiety, physically, anxiety was pulling me apart. I was having migraines where I thought if I'm, I'm probably going to black out and have an aneurysm. Literally, I was terrified. And I felt like I was being pulled apart at the seams. So Philippians 4, 6, I opened it up. Okay. And, you know, every anxious person knows it by heart and probably resents it. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, by thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I was curious. So I looked up uh, that word for anxiety. I looked up the Greek. Um, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't, I hope the Greek trolls don't come out. I don't speak Greek. It, uh, cut her some slack. Okay, here we go. So I, I did look up the pronunciation. I think it's uh, uh, Mari, Marim no, Namo. Nope. Marinamo. Marin, Marinamo. Okay, we'll yeah. go with it. So we're going to move on and go back to English. Yeah. But the Greek word for anxiety in Philippians 4, 6, okay, it means to be in pieces. And wow. it, it means to be pulled apart. And when I was in the worst downward spiral of my life, I felt like I was being pulled apart, like literally at a yeah. cellular level. Okay. Yeah. Because the stress hormones were killing me. And my mouth dropped when I realized the Greek word for this uh, word anxiety, it actually means to be pulled apart piece by piece. And when I read Philippians 4, 6, okay, and it just said, don't be anxious, you know, the peaceful serpent. I would read that like I was opening a dove chocolate wrapper. And you know, those nice little things printed on the wrapper and you're, uh -huh. you, know, you open it and you take a deep breath and you go, that's a nice thought. That's how I read Philippians 4, 6. I would say, that sounds nice, but I have absolutely no hope uh, of this actually taking effect in my life. Mm -hmm. um, then out of curiosity, because I was like, if God doesn't want me to be anxious and he doesn't want me to be pulled apart piece by piece, what is his solution? So I just stretched it out a little bit more down the line of Philippians 4, 6. And I went behind the scenes of what the word, uh, the Greek word for peace meant. Okay? okay. So I looked it up and okay. So if the Greek word for anxiety means being pulled apart piece by piece, the, the Greek uh, interpretation behind the word for peace in Philippians 4, 6, okay, it means wholeness. It means when you're held together in one piece by his peace. So, Jeff, I read this. My mouth dropped. I'm, and I read, according to Philippians 4, 6, the solution to us being pulled apart piece by piece by anxiety, the solution is for God to make us whole and tie us back together in one piece by his peace. I was blown yeah. away. So good. Blown away. And we read in Isaiah 61.1. That he came to bind up the brokenhearted. And the word for brokenhearted actually is way more than just a man's heart. The Greek word behind that is lave. Okay. And it also includes a person's inner man and a person's mind. And so Jesus, he, he binds up the brokenhearted. He ties them together in one piece. And so he didn't just come to bind up and put together the brokenhearted. He came to put together the broken inner man 
when we feel like our inner man is shattered, when we feel like we're spread out in a million broken pieces in our mind, that word for broken heart in Isaiah 61, 1, which Jesus came for, it includes the heart, but it includes a man's inner man and mind. And it's in uh, Jeremiah 17, 14. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. I think it's in the message. And, and what he's crying out is, Lord, I'm shattered and I'm in multiple pieces. God, pick up the pieces and God put me back together again. You are my praise. And so I really was in this journey of, I feel broken. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like the cards from my life are, are either God puts me back together in one piece or I go into psychiatric care Mm -hmm. because I'm that shattered. But the facts of God's word are clear is that he intends to make us whole by putting us back together through his peace. And that, yeah. that changed my life. Come on. So good. Yeah. I think my heart behind this, and I know it is yours as well, is especially as we kind of embark on this series is as you were talking, I was, I was like the objective behind this first episode. And I guess the other ones will, could do this too, depending on where people are at is think of anxiety or or even just your mind you feel like your mind is just cluttered and you just can't see you can't you can't get a bearing on where up is and down is or where north is and south is um is thinking of it like you've fallen into this just raging river and you're just being tossed and thrashed my prayer for this episode is that this begins the process of getting you Number one, back on shore, on solid ground, and then the process of getting dry and getting clean and getting reoriented, that this will reorient you into the direction where God desires you to go. So pointing you in the correct, where's true north, like pointing you with that direction. Um, Because I think sometimes, Kara, it's like, I always, 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 always want to talk about and revisit this subject because different people respond to different people's way of communicating. They respond to different ways of, obviously the Holy spirit is involved in that process, but sometimes for me, it's just, it's even been like the way someone says it, it's just suddenly I'm like, I get it. I get it. You know? And I think for, you know, when you were describing um, Philippians four, six is like, sometimes people just go, it can't be that simple. The solution can't be that simple. It's got to be, it's got to be medication or it's got to be, uh, I, I have to have X amount of, of counseling or I have to, and you guys all know I'm very pro counseling. Like I'm very pro, like, especially, especially dudes. All right. Like guys, you got to start communicating. <laughs> you got to start communicating what's going on in here. Um, so, yeah, but I think sometimes people go like, it can't be that simple, Kara. Like what mm-hmm. you're saying can't be that simple. Mm-hmm. but you've walked it. I've walked it. And I've talked to so many other people that the simplicity of that has actually really helped them. Mm-hmm. So. 
It's, um, it's not simple. It, it's, it's, you know, what's really interesting is oh, I see a comment. Hold on. I want to, Okay, I want to shout out to Anushka because she said, uh, yeah, I was talking too much about Greek. Isaiah 61.1 is is Old Testament. So that, yeah, Lave is Hebrew. Shout out to you, homie. Okay. Um, it's not simple because in, um, I think it's uh, Psalm 139.14. Uh, I believe so. And this is where God knit us in our mother's womb. Okay. And in, it says, I am wonderfully complex. He made us wonderfully complex. You know what we call trauma in the mind? We call it complex trauma. And so that's what the enemy does is our mind is perfectly and wonderfully made. And the Lord made it complex in a godly way, complex in a incredible way. And what the enemy does is he takes your complexities, which are supposed to function in, in wonderful, wonderful created ways. And he turns it on you. And he tries to turn it into complex trauma that you can never get a handle on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we feel like it's way too complex, okay, we need to strip it back and just go to the truth. Right. Because the enemy will inflate lies. He will inflate them to make strongholds look like we can never overcome them, never tear them down, uh, never overcome obstacles. We strip it back and we go to the truth. And his word is clear. And uh, I think one of the last things um, I really wanted to bring is um, it's in Peter's letters. And it's in Second Peter. Let me get my notes. Um, it's in Second Peter two, three to four, and he's he's talking about the divine nature. Okay, and Second Peter two, three to four, he says his divine nature has given us everything we need for a godly life um, through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us very great and precious promises. So that through them, we may participate in the divine nature. And so Peter's not looking at eternity for everything to be restored and him to tap into his divine nature. He's already living as a partaker of God's divine nature in his time on earth. And so we are no, we don't have to be spectators of God's nature. Hmm. We can be partakers of God's nature, but really that's up to us. And a spectator wishes they could be like God, but a partaker actually becomes like God. And um, Peter, he writes to the believers and he says, um, and he's giving the invitation to them, okay, uh, uh, to be holy as God is holy. And in this invitation, it wasn't something new to the Jews. Okay. When he, when Peter's writing, be holy as I am holy, he's going all the way back to the old Testament. He's going all the way back to Leviticus. Okay. And I began to look at that in my downward spiral. And I, you know, I said, okay, God wants to make me holy. What do I know about holiness 
when I read Leviticus, what I know about holiness is it's whole. Okay, because in Leviticus, in the Old Testament, the sacrifices that are brought, okay, uh, you know, what you bring, okay, it couldn't be broken, it couldn't be ill, it couldn't be blemished, it couldn't be damaged, okay, and that was the standard, right, and so I began to think, well, holy is whole, right, and when you go to Ephesians 1, 4, it says long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and he had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made holy and whole by his love, holy and whole. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put together spirit, soul, and body. That's Bible. That's Bible. That holiness and wholeness are directly linked. They become one in the same, not through us. They become one in the same through God. And so we have to take a look at this and believe that when God intends to make us holy, he does intend to make us whole. And he does intend to restore us in our mind, in our spirit, okay, in our body. And that's when I read that, I began to challenge the lies. Can I be real? I began to challenge the lies of the mental um, self-help community. Okay. Hmm. Because hashtag mental health awareness is hashtag um I I'm gonna be like this forever. And yeah, I didn't want to accept that. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. Because I think the reality too with that is that I looked at it as I knew. And I'm sure you were the same way, but you know, like, cause you had said, oh, before, like before my adult, the trauma I went through in my adult life, I was one way. And then all of a sudden you could, you could trace back. And sometimes it may take a second, more than a second. Um, I would say with the help of the Holy spirit, revealing the origins of some of that stuff. And, and, but for me, I could look at, okay, I was, a, I was one way and then something happened and all of a sudden I was another way. Mm-hmm. And I had people trying to tell me, this is who you are. This is, you, you need to accept this as part of who you are. I'm like, I refuse because number one, I know what it was like before, but even then, regardless of that, I know what scripture says yeah. about who I am. So regardless, say, say there was some crazy chemical imbalance that I was born with. Right. I, and I say the same thing about same sex attraction. I say, regardless of whether you stand on the issue of born this way, not born this way is irrelevant because we know what scripture says that we are new creations in Christ. Right. So the same can be said about even the state of my mind that I'm I'm a new creation and God didn't because I was so gripped by fear and fear is not of God, you know, or at least if we're talking about like dread of obviously we have fear of the Lord, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I think, yeah, 
I, I would agree with you. I think um, there is a community out there that's saying, accept this as part of who you are, which is why we have stats like 70% of Gen Z has mental issues of some kind that they would like to improve. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I, I get it. Like, Oh my Lanta, I, w- I wouldn't wish what I walked through on my worst enemies. Not that I have enemies, but if I did, you know, I wouldn't wish it on them. It's really hard. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's really tough what people go through. Right. But I don't want people to give up because I have faced how hard it is. I have faced how much I wanted to die instead of live through it another day. Okay. I have faced wanting to be in ministry, but thinking I'm going to go into rehab for the rest of my life. Right. If something doesn't change. And uh, Jeff, I'm so excited. It's going to take some time before this second um, book comes out, but there's no time to waste because people on, on sharing the content, because people are walking through this and you know what I'm learning is uh, because I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm in the mental health field. I would say I'm almost a little bit catty corner to it through, through what I do um, in the trafficking field. But so I learn a lot about the mental health field. And one of the things I'm studying right now uh, is how uh, to help traumatized children um, correct trauma behavior. And what I'm learning is we can't jump to correcting it until we're actually connected uh, to our uh, caretaker. And you know how as Christians, we just go to correcting. We go to, let me fix this. Let me stop this. Let me correct this. But what I'm learning about trauma is children can't correct trauma outbursts, trauma behaviors, trauma reactions until they actually connect with their caretaker and become empowered by their caretaker. And when that connection and empowerment is, is reclicked in, reconnected, trust is restored. Okay. That's when they're in a safe zone, a healthier uh, heart and emotional state. That's when the child can then correct their outbursts and reactions. And so when I'm talking about how God restores us and he makes us holy because, you know, he makes us whole, you know, and all that stuff. Guess where that takes place is uh, in the Old Testament. We weren't allowed in the Holy of Holies. We weren't allowed even, you know, in the outer courts of the temple. You know, that was for the priests and to even. So when Jesus, who was perfect and blameless and spotless and whole, died for us. The curtain was torn and all of us who are absolutely totally broken and sick and, and all that stuff, we got to enter the Holy of Holies. Really the Holy Spirit came out for us, but you know, you get what I mean. I get you. Right. And so that healing and that restoration takes place when we go inside. Okay into our father's house, into his heart, and we reconnect and we get empowered by the caretaker. And that's when us as children who have all these trauma reactions can then correct it because we're connected. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, because then at that point, you know, with the, up until that point of the the child feeling um, feeling connected with their caretaker, everything you know, you say you you know, we sometimes we just jump to correction. It's yeah. just viewed as an attack. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we can, we can correct things all day long, but it's going to continue recurring the next day and the next day. Right. Mm. Because, you know, someone just told us to be quiet at the grocery store and stop screaming, but really the, the heart trauma is still there. The heart disconnection is still there. The fear is still there. But when we become reconnected with the caretaker, when we, we have that trust rebuilt, that's when we can correct those things because we're connected. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can't wait to teach more on that, but I just want to encourage people that uh, we're never a lost cause. And Jeff, I don't know how close we are to wrapping up, but I did have I mean, an assignment for that. Yeah, no, what, however much time you want. We're good. Um, does anyone have any questions in the comments? I'll look for those for the next minute or two. Yeah, let us know. Um, Illumination will also pop them in the private chat too but i mean feel free to look at the comments if you want i'll be looking um yeah yeah. okay cool um i'll look for some questions um oh thanks vicky that's sweet vicky's Um, legit vicky's legit you You would love vicky she's amazing she works here she's so great okay bomb so i did have an assignment for people uh and you know what my prayer jeff yeah, I so appreciate the Elijah Fire show. Um, I think a lot of times um, we don't uh, really uh, talk about the mental illness stuff in the right way. And I think you bring on guests that handle it from every angle. And I just really pray that this video um, reaches people. Okay. I pray that God uses this and moves it across the internet to all the right people. Yeah. And uh, the assignment I have, okay, for those people is uh, I want you to uh, go to scripture. And what I want you to do is take scripture and create what we call an, it's an I am statement. I've seen people use this in different ways. My mentor is uh, Jennifer Evaz, and she makes us take our prophetic words and our word word of knowledge. And mm-hmm. she makes us do an I am statement with those. And it becomes really um, a direction direction thing for us. But what I want people to do today is I want you to go to scripture and I want you to grab hold of the truth that you need. Okay. Scripture tells us who God is and who we are in him. Okay. So you can work it in so many different angles. Okay. I want you to get scripture. Uh, the scripture that speaks to your heart, to your mind, to your wholeness, to your healing, to your calling, to all those things. And I don't want you to write out, you know, Bible verses word for word. What I want you to do is say, I am um, this and that. I am a child of God. I am restored. I am healed. I do have a sound mind. Okay. I do have, uh, all this and that. And I want you to take scripture and create an, I am statement of your identity from what God's word says, because the enemy will take lies and try to get us to believe that's who we are. And we'll never be what the Bible. you'll do what I do and read scripture as a freaking dove chocolate wrapper. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're not oh, that was that was nice. Anyways, back to stress, stressville. <laughs> yeah. I'll never be that, you know, is how I read it. But I want you to take the I am statement and not read it as maybe I'll be that. You are it. So you good. are it today. It. You yeah, are it. Okay. And so that's my assignment for people is to write an I am statement, put it where you're going to see it and read it every single day. Okay. We're going to be doing, um, I think on our next week's series, we're going to be talking about fear and how fear steals your future. Okay. And what happens when you stand in fear? Okay. Uh, It's going to be real. Okay. It's going to be challenging. Um, And then, uh, so we'll be talking more throughout the series and we'll have more assignments too, but that's the first assignment. I love it. Yeah. So Illumination just gave a a comment. Sometimes, sometimes what happens is people get, they ask questions because more people watch this after the fact, not live. And so we'll get, we will usually get a question, a good question or two. So uh, feel free, anybody, if you think of a question later, you can come back, you can write it in the comment section, or if you're listening to this, not live, you can write it in the comment section and we'll, uh, we'll grab some of those for part two of three. It's great. Kara, this is really good. I love the, I am statement thing. I think that's so so good. I do that just in general. Um, I didn't know that Jennifer Evis you guys taught that. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really good, you guys. Um, yeah, another one that I do is I Psalm 91, when it says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I'll protect him because he acknowledges my name. Mm-hmm. I put my name in there. Because Jeff loves me, I will rescue him. You know, and and I think that's also a really good one, you guys. But you, however you guys want to do it, it's great. Uh, between you and the Lord. So Kara, I would love for you to pray for people as we close this out. Awesome. God, we thank you uh, for this time that we had together. Lord, we take every lie from the enemy, God, Lord, and we empower every person um, to challenge those lies and to cast them down and to even take their thoughts. Okay to take imaginations that are not the truth, to take thoughts that are not godly thoughts, to take them captive, to cast them down in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, I pray that their minds would actually become like the the bedrock of truth, uh, okay? Of, of godliness in the name of Jesus, Lord. And that their minds um, would not be a a battleground but 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 be the temple that it is housing you god housing your mind and your thoughts for our life lord and that our mind would be the place where we uh hear what you're saying and where we are led from it lord i pray over these people that that their minds would not stay broken but that all of us would experience actual transformation by the renewing of our minds lord so we just come into agreement with who you are father and that you sent your son, Lord. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was blameless. He was whole, Lord. And he died for us. And you said you make us holy and whole through him, Lord. So we, uh, the, your word even says that your blood cleanses our conscience, Lord. And so we know your blood is at work in our minds, Lord. And so we decree, Lord 
transformed and renewed and free minds in the name of Jesus, Lord. Take these people and help them to see what steps they need to take, where to go in the word, and how to actually experience true transformation and freedom in you. Amen. Amen. Amen, Kara. Okay, so how can people follow you? How can they get this scrumptious book that is <laughs> Defend Yourself? Let people know. Yes. Okay. Um, Defend Yourself uh, is uh, on my website. I think you link, do you link the stuff below? I don't remember. We do. Yeah. But That'll you can be... tell just in case someone is listening to this. Okay. And, uh, yeah. The Live Your Fire show is awesome. They're going to link the things below. Um, I'm working towards YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I've got a website. Most of my handles are at Kara Starnes. And then, oh, my website's on that cute little thing. So yeah, there, yeah. there it is. KaraStarnes.com. <laughs> You can also get really cool stickers as well as this, you know, it's great. But, you know, it's funny because I get some people, they've heard me talk about anxiety and they're like, Jeff, you need to write a book right now. And I'm like, uh, let's not rush into this. Uh, there's someone who actually has written a book far better than I think I could ever write. And that's Kara. And I, 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 like I said, this is going to be something that I will recommend to people for years to come just because it's so... Ex exhaustive um in terms of just really i mean you want to talk about dropping a nuke on this whole thing if you really get into this um this is it yeah this is it so kara thank you so much part one of three can't wait to do the other two episodes with you it's gonna be so great yeah looking forward to it yeah absolutely so everybody that's our show have a blessed wednesday so uh be blessed and we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.